And now, live from Atlanta, Georgia, everyone's social media friend, it's Deb Creer. Every week, Deb talks with the movers and shakers, the experts, the best of the best in social media, bringing you all of the latest tips, techniques, and trends for successfully using social media. In social media, there's only one constant, Deb Creer. Good morning, good morning, everyone. I am Deb Creer. I'm the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And once again, we have another one of those cool phenomenons that happens to me more often than not anymore. I have a guest on who I met only on Facebook. See, you know, for all of these people who say, Facebook's just for fun. No. I make great business contacts literally every single day on Facebook. You know, and, and so that's one thing to remember when you're using Facebook is you never know who might be watching, reading your posts, connecting with you, all of those good things, or might be in a group together. And that's where I met today's guest. So please join me in welcoming Heidi Richards Mooney. Well, thank you, Deb. I'm delighted to be here. Well, we're going to have so much fun today, but let me tell folks just a little bit about you to start with. So Heidi Richards Mooney has been networking online since early 2001. She is the author of 12 WordPress blogs and writes for dozens of others. She is a social media strategist and content creator for several clients. Heidi provides full and half-day trainings to help corporate employees leverage social media to get more done in less time and add to their bottom line. She provides one-on-one -on -one coaching to women who want to maximize their time and leverage social media to grow their businesses. She also provides consulting in a weekly author mastermind group and helps them produce, publish, and promote their books. Cision named her one of 50 rich media influencers to follow in 2015. Her new book, which was out in spring of 2015, is How to Hire the Perfect Web Designer, what questions to ask so you don't lose your time, your money, and your mind. Oops, I read that wrong. What questions to ask so you don't lose your time, your mind, and your money. Her book, Quirky Marketing Calendar, is in its 10th edition. So again, Heidi, welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, love, I love hearing people say introductions. I think it's so fascinating how we, how we, um, how we, share that information. So thank you very much for that. Thank you. Well, this is going to be so much fun because, you know, you, you and I, it sounds like we're on the same wavelength. We think the same, but I always pick up new tips and, and new techniques from my guests. And so that's why I always enjoy this. Let's, you know, so the last sentence in your bio just really caught my attention. Quirky marketing calendar. What the heck? Tell us more about that. Well, Quirky Marketing Calendar is a book that I've been publishing since it was actually a real print book. Um, mm -hmm. And it started out with maybe 100 ideas to grow your business using zany and non-traditional holidays. And it has grown into uh, the new 10th edition is actually 10 different issues. So we have one a month because it became almost 500 ideas and over oh, wow. 500 pages. And it was just too big to do as a book, even an ebook. Right, right. Especially mm -hmm. an ebook because it's primarily an ebook, although people do have the option of printing it. And so, when you think about that, 500 pages is just—it's not war and peace, you know. Right. Uh, so I I decided last year to make it into 10, 12 different books, and um, 
basically it just showcases all the different holidays and the type of things that you can do to promote your business leveraging those holidays. So for instance, today happens to be, did you know, uh, that today the very first uh, uh, show Jeopardy was aired. Um, wow. So, you know, you could use that. You could create your own game show. You could, mm -hmm. you could uh, offer trivia questions or trivia answers and have invite people to come up with the questions. Um, you know, do find different ways. So the, the whole thing, the whole idea behind the book is to find different ways to promote yourself in your company using these different and unusual type events, holidays, etc. Right. Well, and what I love about this is, you know, you probably hear this. I hear this all the time. You know, a, a poor, stressed social media manager or business owner or whoever is responsible for doing their posts looks at me and goes, I don't have enough time and I don't know what to post. And I'm just, ah. this is a great thing to keep in mind because there's probably a way that you can tie virtually anything into something about your business. You know, you could ask something, you know, it's Jeopardy Day. So ask a question about your business in the form of the question like Jeopardy would do. You know, all of these various things. So <clears throat> this is, is a fantastic tool. It is. In fact, that's why a lot of people buy it so that they have instantaneous content. And if, you'll, and if you're a huge Twitter fan, as, I, as am I, you know that a lot oftentimes the trending topics happen to be those unusual holidays. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's a way to capitalize on the trending topics as well as to, to start one, uh, a little known um, holiday. So I, I love doing that. I, I, I'm not as consistent as I used to be because I've got so many things I'm juggling, like we, as we all do. But mm -hmm. I do love the fact that other people find it to be fun and interesting. And the biggest challenge for me is updating it every year, right. <laughs> you know. Uh, but I'm not giving up. I've been doing this. It's it's its tenth edition, but I actually skipped a couple of years, so I've been publishing mm -hmm. it for more than thirteen, fourteen years. You know, oh, so, wow. yeah. Uh, well, and and what I love is it's a a, an, a very easy way to bring a little sense of humor, a little quirkiness, into your Facebook posts, into your LinkedIn posts, you know, your your Twitter feed, all of those various things. And what's important about that to me is the fact that. You know, so many businesses, <coughs> excuse me, will tell me, well, you know, it's uh, what I do is very serious. Now, granted, there are some that are extremely serious, but there's probably still ways that you can incorporate some of these quirky marketing things into it. So maybe it's not every day. Maybe it's once a week that you look through and you think, okay, well, Wednesday is a topic that is something that I could still talk about. And, you know, we, you know, we all know the saying, we work with people we know, we like, and we trust. And we get to know people, sometimes through their quirkiness, sometimes through their sense of humor. Now, obviously, you know, run run the little filter through your little brain. Make sure that you're not poking fun at something you shouldn't, you know, all those various things. But this is this is just a great way for people to have something when, you know, maybe they're just stuck for a post. Or maybe it is something that they do every Wednesday or, you know, whatever it is. It's it's a great way to, to let people know a little bit more about your business and and its kind of sense of humor. Absolutely. And when you think about it, even the most serious businesses need to show that they're actual real people. So having mm -hmm. a little sense of humor helps to bring them down a peg, if you will, where you, you don't lose your credibility, but you also can show that you are a real human being with feelings and thoughts outside of maybe what you do, because what we do is only a part of whom we are anyway. You know, right. So. And and we're always telling people <clears throat> that we we do business with people. 
We don't do business with a company. You know, now granted, we might follow Starbucks, for example, on Facebook, or an even better example, Oreo, because Oreo has some of the funniest posts. You know, and, and so we buy the cookies, you know, because we like the cookies. But maybe seeing that funny post reminded us, oh, I haven't had an Oreo in a while. I think I'm going to go have an Oreo. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it is a good way for a business to, to be personal. You know, there's, I always tell businesses, talk about your employees. You know, maybe you celebrate birthdays once a month. It's okay to show that and, and to show, you know, maybe it's your softball team that you have or anything like that. Because again, we want people to know more about the business than just, this is what we sell for a living. Right. I totally agree with you and I are on exactly the same wavelength. <laughs> See, I knew this was going to be great. This is going to be great. Well, how do people find and get copies of Quirky Marketing Calendar? They go to quirkymarketingcalendar.com. <laughs> oh. Well, hey, you know, that that is pretty gosh darn easy. I'm going to have to and check just, that out because and, I... And we just launched the April one. Uh, we're a little behind this year because I had a big project I was working on with a client in January, and I'm still working on that project. So I actually wasn't sure I was even going to publish it, but I had so many people say, where's the new edition that I had mm -hmm. to? And I'm in this author mastermind, and kind of it kind of helps to keep me credible by showing that, hey, if I'm going to teach you to publish a book in, in 90 days, I better be able to do it myself. So, you know, I, I kind of had to. So I just uh, mm -hmm. launched the, the April uh, one and uh, people can get it. And then by the end of April, all 12 issues for the year will be up. But I'm, I am very behind. Um, so hopefully I get May up before, the, before the middle of April, cause people really need to start planning their holidays. I mean, you, if you're using it strictly for social media posts, you can buy it and use it tomorrow. But mm -hmm. if you need to plan your, your marketing around a holiday, you really need nowadays, not as much time because of this way social media and the internet, it works. Um, used to be, you needed like three months lead time on any marketing plan for it to work. But with the way things are now, if you if you have two to six weeks, you're doing really good. And most that's what most companies. Um, I mean, not I'm not talking about people with a million dollar budget. I'm talking about small right. small mid uh, companies that don't have a large budget but want to have, you know, an impact. Mm -hmm. So, well, let's let's kind of continue this part of the discussion because I love talking about content and where businesses and, and people, you know, I'm just going to stop saying business, where people can get content for their social media, because sometimes it is a challenge. And it doesn't matter if you are, you know, a, a, a restaurant or a social media strategist or an insurance salesman or, you know, pretty much anything. I think at times we do all struggle with content and, and what we want to post. So what are some of the tips and techniques aside from quirky marketing calendar that you tell people to really get them off that hump? Because I think that is one of the things that scares people the most is, you know, what am I going to post? When am I going to post? And, and if I don't post enough, what's going to happen? Well, the first thing I tell my clients to do is um, you want to follow um, industry experts that are not your competition. For instance, mm -hmm. say you, like I, I follow Forbes and Entrepreneur and Business Insider, and I share a lot of things that they share because they're not my competition. I'm right. not on the same level playing field as they are, but they have great content and people appreciate when you're, so I love curating content. So if we're talking mm -hmm. about just curating content, you can do it in a number of ways, by following them, by getting their RSS feeds, by doing a, what a, you know, 
the good old fashioned Google alert, which I get about uh, 40 of them a day on different subject matters. Some are for myself and some are for my clients. Like I have Google alerts for the Inventors Society because I, I post all their social media. So I have uh, Google alerts for inventors, inventions, new inventions, um, inventor resources, like five different types of Google, uh, Google alerts. And I mentioned that because when you do a Google alert, a lot of people don't know this. Don't just do one word. Do the a combination of words, three or four different ways, you're going to get different results. So by doing five different Google alerts on the same subject of inventing, um, inventing is another one, um, right. uh, patents are another one, find the keywords that are going to be relevant to your business and use, the, use Google alerts. So my favorite way to curate content is through that. Another, uh, one of my other favorite resources is Medium, M-E-D-I-U-M.com. And I'm sure you've heard of it, Deb. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I am really addicted to that website now. And the reason I like it is because you get instantaneous stats. You get, it's almost like instant gratification. When you, when someone reads your, your, instead of having to go to your own analytics programs, whatever those might be, they have it all right in their own dashboard. So you set up an account with medium.com. Uh, I'm actually starting to publish and, and just do a little testing. I am of the feeling of third. I don't like publishing on third-party sites new content, and the reason is because if they go down, I've lost all that content. Right. So I do a lot of what I call repurposing content. So I may find an article I wrote a year ago, which I found one of I wrote three months ago, and I posted it on Medium about um, super simple SEO practices, and I just renamed it. I gave it a nice. Uh, 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 new paragraph, opening paragraph, and then I use the same six tips. And, um, and so far, I just published that yesterday. So far, I've gotten um, 33 views, four, uh, four or five comments. I mean, it's just, it's really cool because you can see this right away. But you can get a little addicting. So Medium is another uh, resource. Um, you know, your own information. You know, we forget how valuable the stuff is that we have on our own websites. So I tell people, take little excerpts from the middle. Go to any page on your website. Look at the middle and find a good sentence or two. And just take that and then put a link back to that page for the rest of the information. Um, people don't do that enough. They don't. And, and I really love um, promoting my own stuff and my client's stuff. Right. Not just everybody else's. So uh, when it comes to sharing content, um, I, I think it should be a nice 30% curated content um, and maybe 40% your own content and another 30% could be, you know, promotions. You know, <laughs> I think the promotions need to be, if you follow the 80-20 rule, you'll never, you'll never go wrong because people will not um, unfriend you if you're mostly sharing good information and once right. in a while promoting. Well, and they understand that you're doing this for business, you know, and, and so, you know, if you on occasion post about a seminar, you're having a book, you know, all of those various things, people do understand if it's a hundred percent of the time they don't. Right. And, you know, I think we've all connected with people like that on Facebook and LinkedIn and, and Twitter, you know, and, and some of the other sites where that is all that they do. And it doesn't take me very long before First, I just stop reading their posts. And then if they're still kind of, you know, catching my my peripheral attention, 
I might un- unfollow them so that we're still friends. You know, all those, it's, it's interesting how you can do all these little tricks now, you know, or, or, you know, I just completely disconnect from them because I, I, I wrote a blog post about this and this was several years ago. I said, you know, don't be that one trick pony. You know, it comes back to what we were saying at the start. People want to know more about you, not just here is what I sell. You know, so have those other posts in there and, you know, and don't find a way to work your product in every time. I think some of the the worst offenders of that are the people who are doing makeup, um, body image, you know, weight loss type of things. You know, like those, I, I saw a post the other day. It was so funny. She was trying so hard to follow the rule. And so it was, went to this great networking meeting today and we learned about yada, yada, yada. And I'm thinking, okay, she's doing good. And then it was, people complimented me on how good I look. And I had to tell them all about product X. And it was like, ugh, okay, fell off right there. <laughs> you know? And, you know, it's, it's, it, it does, it gets to be kind of the, the boy who cried wolf when all you're doing is posting about your product or your service People don't care. Right. You know, and, and even the big names do that. You know, when you look at the big brands, I mean, we were laughing about Oreo. They have some of the funniest posts out there that have nothing to do with cookies. Um, you know, it's people, they like those things. They want to see that there is a person, a person, not a personality, a person behind all of these things. I totally agree. <clears throat> well, and, and I like the businesses that um, when they are posting, you know, wherever it is, the actual person signs it. So it might, you know, it, it, it might be responding to a customer service question and it will say, you know, Bob at the end. And Bob is the real person, you know, because they've all logged in to the same account. And, you know, I've seen some people develop some pretty good camaraderie with people on these online sites because they like the fact that they know who they're talking to. Um, you know, when we walk into a restaurant, there's a reason that they have a name tag on or that they tell you their name or, you know, all of those things. It's because, you know, we, we like to know who that is, but it has to be the real person. You know, you can't say Bob if your name is not Bob. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's always funny. I love it when I'm calling customer service and I get somebody and they say, hey, hello, my name is Bob. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Really? And I had one one time where it was clearly a woman and she gave me a male name. I was like, sweetie, you need to figure out something different in your script. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and, but that kind of immediately and it's same thing happens on social media. There was an immediate distrust then, you know, because it was like, well, if you're not being truthful about your name, are you going to be truthful about telling me that you're going to give me a refund or, you know, whatever it is that I've contacted you for? And so that's why it is very important to be so transparent. I would agree. I absolutely, I absolutely agree. Um, not only being transparent, you know, you want to stick, even though you want to have a little diversity in your content, if you really want to do well and get known for one thing you have to do that one thing really well i tell people all the time because a lot of times people will say um well you know they they're and i'm i'm as guilty of this as the next person because i was all over the place and now i've realized that really my my two key areas are content and social media so (laughs) and they go hand in hand 
So before that, I was talking about leadership and success and starting a small business. Could I talk about all those things? Yes, because I've done all of that. But that mm -hmm. would be something that if someone says to me, oh, by the way, do you do this? I could say, oh, yes, let me help show you how I can help you with what you're doing in that way, rather than making right. that the key focus of what I do. So, you know, back to talking about content, um, we need to make sure that the content is relevant to what we are, we want people to know about us. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and because we can't get too far off field. Right. And, you know, and, and again, that comes back into, you know, if you're posting something like, you know, whatever day of the, the week it is, you know, you're from, from the quirky marketing calendar, you know, if, it, if it's too, if there's no way to make a connection, then really rethink why you're doing it. You know, if there's a way to make a connection with what it is that you do, then it's okay to post it. But, you know, and it was funny, I, I was following somebody one time who did that and that was the only thing he ever posted about. Today is, you know, big umbrella day. Okay. And that was it. That was all he'd post. And then the next day it was, today is, you know, secretary's day. And that was all he would post. And, and you forgot who it was and what their business was because they never posted about it. Right. Oh yeah. You, I mean, people have to find that the sweet spot and everybody's sweet spot's going to be different. You know, I find that because I post so often, especially on Twitter, I have to be um, careful about what I post. I'm, I, I, I probably promote other people 70% of the time. I'm not, mm -hmm. That's including curated content, but it's also including other people who are promoting posting on Twitter. And the reason I do that is, first of all, it helps build my following. And second right. of all, then they remember me. So, mm -hmm. you know, all of this stuff we do, it, it's really to create um, relationships and to, for people to remember you when they need your product or service. You know, and if you're only posting once a day and it's something as, as uh, bland as what you mentioned, um, people aren't going to remember you. That's so right. then you're, you're, you're just wasting your time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and that is one of the biggest fears that people have is that they are wasting their time or that it takes too much time. And, you know, I always laugh about that because it, invariably somebody will come up to me and they will say, how much time do you spend on Facebook a day? And I tell them I'm not going to answer that because it's what I do. And I, so it's always on. I mean, you know, if I really had to figure it up, it's the vast majority of my day where at least it's on. Now, if I have to focus, I turn it off. You know, when I'm having to write, when I'm doing things, you know, because I will get caught in watching the cute cat videos and, and things like that. <laughs> but, you know, you can do this in 10, 15 minutes a day. You should spend a little bit more time with it. But, you know, it, it, it is something where if you are disciplined, and that's the key, discipline in making sure that you aren't watching the cat videos, you can do it in a short period of time. And, you know, one of the things that you do is you, you do seminars to help people leverage their time. So, you know, without giving away the farm, tell us some of the, the tips and things that, that you talk to people about so that they are best utilizing their time on these platforms. Well, the very first thing I tell people is you want to come up with some sort of a content calendar. Mm -hmm. um, that will really help. It, may, it takes a little time on the front end, but it saves so much time on the back end. So by having a content calendar and knowing what you want to post each day and, and figuring out how many days of the week you want to post on which chat, uh, which platforms, then you can go and use tools that there are lots of free tools like for Twitter, social oomph is really good. Um, 
Uh, some people you love Hootsuite. I've used, uh, my big one right now is Social Oomph, but I'm, I, and I've also used Hootsuite. So I have both of them. I have accounts with both of them, but I've learned about a few others like Edgar. Um, mm -hmm. There's, there's a lot of them. So it's whatever is within your budget and within your, um, your, um, whatever makes you comfortable because some of them are a little bit more complex to get started on. But once you do, it's really simple. You know what I tell people, if you don't have 15 minutes a day to post, you need to outsource this because right. really that's what you need to do. You need to focus on what you do well. Um, but you know, once you find, um, if you can just post 15 minutes a day, you can spend, you can, um, spin that same post five different ways for five different platforms, or you could create five different posts, one for each platform. Just don't post the same thing on all five platforms. And the reason I tell people don't do that, at least not at the same time, is the same people are following you oftentimes on more right. than one platform. So like, for instance, if I posted a, a Motivational Monday on is tw Twitter's Motivational Monday, I might post a, a, a motivational quote. I'm not going to post that same quote on the other platforms until another day. Mm -hmm. Not even the same day. I may post it another day or or save it for a week later. And I keep a file on my computer and all the stuff I post. Once I've used it on all the platforms and I have a system like Monday I post on one, Tuesday, and then I, I delete that oh, ah. content. The reason I do that, and, and not that you have to, but I'm talking, I use a lot of graphics. But the reason is I don't want to keep posting the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, and if I want to repost, I can always go and grab it on one of the platforms to share. I'm not talking about the stuff you have on your website. Your blog post should be reposted several times because mm -hmm. people are on at different times or on at different days. So a, one blog post, you could probably post 20, 30 times um, throughout the course of a couple of months and get away with it where people would look at it as fresh content because they've never seen it before. Right. I, I get I get views on uh, old content that's been up for six months because I republished it or repurposed it. Um, I want to talk, Deb, if I could, a little bit sure, about sure. content in terms of time because some people think they've got to write these three, three to eight hundred word posts right. as content. But you know, um, if you're good with PowerPoint or if you're good with audio or video, you can do free or you could do live. Uh, presentations and post those things that the social media loves that and it's easy for a lot of people to do a lot of people don't like to write they love mm -hmm. to talk so do a podcast you know tell right. people do a 10-minute podcast just share a quick tip mm -hmm. there was a, a site I can't remember what it was called but it was a few years ago and you may remember it where you could go and you could post a tip a five-minute like audio tip and then you could share it on all the social media, but they didn't make any money. So of course, after about and they went out. Mm -hmm. um, but then, of course, now there's a lot of other platforms similar to that, uh, and I think that's just wonderful. PowerPoint mm -hmm. is another great uh, way to share content. Um, use use like SlideShare or something like that. You know, do a ten piece uh, visual, a ten slide visual, and then use each one of those slides. At a separate time, if you mm -hmm. slides or you have someone who do it, does it for you, you can use those as great content and they're quick. So, right. you know, um, I'm trying to think of ways that people don't have to spend enormous amounts of time to um, to create the content, because that's really what what most people's challenge is, is finding the time to do the writing or creating the content.
So be creative. Don't don't always think you have to do the same thing. There's so many free tools like Canva. I, I know you like Canva, right, Deb? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Gosh, so many of my clients like Canva. Most of my clients who hire me just don't want to do it. They don't have the mm-hmm. time. They'd rather spend the money and focus their time. And if and but for the people who have the time or want to learn it and then maybe outsource it, do this stuff. You'll realize it does take a little bit of time unless you do it for a living. I can do a I can do a Canva graphic in two minutes. Most right. people would take probably 10 to 20 minutes because they've never done one and get mm-hmm. frustrated, you know, finding the pit image and stuff, you know. Um, but but there again, it's something that you can you can learn to do if you want to do it on your own. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the ones that you know, one of the people that I follow that does something like that all the time is one of the big social media people. And that's Kim Garst. And, you know, she does a little quote of the day and she actually does several every day where it's a sentence it really is just something very brief sometimes it pertains to social media sometimes it just pertains to life um and it's always branded remember that folks you want to brand it you want to have your logo on there or at least your name because you want it to be so cool that people share it And, you know, and we've all seen that happen where a friend <clears throat> shared things and was like, well, wait a minute, that was mine. And, but I, you know, I forgot to put my logo on it or, or something like that. And, and, you know, clearly you need to be, you know, it's just a little thing in the corner, you know, things like that. That's, this is not, again, it's not a sales thing, but you know, it, you can think of things and it doesn't even have to be your own quotes. That's what I love about some of these uh, is, you know, somebody goes and, and they do get a quote a day, you know, and there's tons of various sources for things like that. So it's a sentence and then they create a little graphic and then they put their logo on it. Then they post it, you know, and, and so that gives them, you know, multiple, multiple things that they can do. And they can also even talk about it. You know, Hey, this was a great inspirational quote to me today because yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, and, and all of those things, but it's, again, it's, it's just sitting down and thinking what would create good content. Here's another idea for people who like to share quotes. Um, go to motivational Monday, on, uh, uh, motivational Monday on Twitter and look at what's been shared and share it and right. go to Pinterest. There's hundreds, thousands and thousands of thousands of quotes on Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Um, I love what you said about branding your image. Every single image of mine has a new, uh, URL to something. Mm-hmm. It could be depending on if I'm promoting quirky marketing or promoting my speaking or promoting, you know, my workshops or something. And this, and that's the main reason is because of what you said. So if I share somebody else's information, I always say where it came from. Mm-hmm. If I'm sharing my my own, I don't have to, and I don't expect other people to even think about it because now if they've shared mine, it's already got my my um, my branded URL right. on there. So yeah, you've got to do that. I think everybody mm-hmm. should do that. And if you can't do it yourself, again, you can always hire people to do these things for us, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and if you do hire somebody, that's not to say that you can't create your own content also, you know, and, and so maybe it's kind of a hybrid where, you know, you have somebody that you've outsourced and they do a post a day for you. You know, that's great. You've worked with them. Hello. Don't just hire them and say, go do, you know, you need to work with them so that they know what you want to post, what your strategies and tactics and goals are. But then you can still add to it, um, you know, and, and some of that is getting that personality back in there saying, hey, you know, just just went to this great chamber of commerce meeting and saw so and so and so and so there. The speaker was, you know, whatever, you know, things like that, because then it's kind of reduced the stress on you 
so that you're getting posts out there every day because that other person is posting it. But then when you see something that you think you can post, you do. Absolutely. And you know, what well, you mentioned about when you go to chambers, I love going to events and capturing images and mm -hmm, then sharing mm -hmm. them on social media that I, like I was with the speaker or I was with the president or, or so-and-so. And I put myself in there because oftentimes I'll take one of those, when I call it a selfie, we all call a selfie and I, mm -hmm. I bring my selfie stick everywhere now so that I can take a decent one and don't have to look like I'm looking at the camera lens as opposed to, you know, a, a nice straight picture. And, um, I find that to be, people love that. They, they're like, Oh, everybody wants to get in on the picture. Right. You know, so you, you gain attention at the place wherever you are, as well as on social media. So images are by far the best thing you can share as far as easy content. They take no time. You take a picture, you stick it, no matter if you have an iPhone or a smartphone, you just share it on social media and you're done. Mm -hmm. you know. Well, and I love, you know, if I'm <clears throat> sitting close enough so it makes a good image, taking pictures, if somebody's got something up on, on a screen, taking a picture of what they've got up there. Now, you know, clearly you have to, to think how it's going to come across. So if it's a, a slide that's got a lot of content that people won't be able to read, you know, things like that, that doesn't work. But, you know, always give them credit. You know, I was listening to Heidi Mooney at this great presentation and here's one of the slides that she put up, you know, would be an example. And, and, and again, tie it back in, you know, this hit home for me because blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, and, and, and so it's showing that you're out there, that you're learning, <coughs> excuse me, and that you really, um, you know, it, it's, it's just a great way to, to be able to get some content. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because when we start talking about content, it seems like there's hundreds, thousands of places to get it. And there literally are. Oh, yeah. But it does take sitting down and thinking about it. And sometimes I get some of my best ideas from other people. Oh. You know, so watch your own feeds, you know, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever. And if you like what somebody is posting, now obviously don't steal it, don't cut and paste, but, you know, maybe you see that they post a motivational tip every Tuesday that they post about a community event every Wednesday. You can take that same philosophy and, and use it in your own calendar. Absolutely. You know what I do on my women in e-commerce uh, page on Facebook, I do the exact same thing. We have a tip of the day and it was because I was in another group that they were posting a tip of the day, but I found there was very little interaction in that mm -hmm. group. And I'm finding, first of all, since I've started doing this in January, I decided to start January 1st. I might have started in the middle of Feb uh, December. I don't remember. But January 1st, I was very gung-ho about it. I don't post on Sunday, but I post Monday through Saturday. And so they get a tip of the day, and it could be a resource. It could be a, a just a tip. It could be something like, you know, work 35 minutes, take a walk, you know, that sort of thing. But simple, or it could be a really serious tip, like use, you know, sign up for Medium or what's your clout score? Check it out. And here's what you can do with it. You know, whatever it happens to be. Right. right. And, um, and it, oftentimes there are new things people have never heard of. And often, and, and just as often there are things that people just needed to be reminded of. But I'll tell you what, now that I've been doing that, um, our, our, um, following has grown by 33% since, since January. And we're having, we've seen a lot more interaction. So that idea that you just shared is brilliant. People need to do that. If they have a page or a business, you know, or a group page or something where they're sharing content with a lot of different people, if it's your business page, do something like that that's relevant to your business and 
you'll be amazed how many people will stick around. And then now people are actually coming back and reading it. I remember the first few days, the views were like in the 30s and 40s, and now they're well over 100. Every mm-hmm. single day, each of those posts get over 100 views. Right. So, well, and one of the things that you mentioned is that word interaction. You know, you don't want people to just read the post. You want them to comment. You want them to share. You want them to like. But you really want them to comment because that's what's going to build those communities, whether it's a, a group, um, you know, and I don't remember which group you and I met in, but, you know, it, whether it's a group or whether it's your business page or, you know, any of those things. So encourage that interaction. You know, maybe maybe you, you know, we're, we're going to go back to one of the, the quirky uh, marketing calendar things with it's Jeopardy. So, you know, tell people, post your own Jeopardy question about, you know, and, and you know, give them some pretty, pretty tight parameters. So, you know, post your own Jeopardy question about your own business. Because if you leave it vague, people go, oh, I can't think of anything. But the more you define it, the easier it is for them. And encourage them to respond and to comment and, and to really start building that interaction. Absolutely. Jelly Belly does a great job. They have a, uh, a it, I follow all of them, like um, Oreo, mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, all of them. And Jelly Belly, I love them on Facebook. And they're always telling, asking people to share their their visuals, Jelly Belly visuals. So people create the weirdest things. One woman created a dress out of Jelly Bellies. I mean, but... I, you know, how amazing is that? First of all, the, the, the sales must have been through the roof when she created that because she had to buy a lot of Jelly Bellies to create the mm-hmm. dress, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, think about how could people use your product in a way to create content for your contest? Like mm-hmm. Jelly Belly, they just do such a brilliant a brilliant job. You can't, right. you can't fake that, you know? You no. actually use the stuff. So mm-hmm. um, it's a great way to sell product without selling product. And and it really, you know, it's it's true. People go back and look for it. You know, it's you know they realize, oh, I missed that post today. I have to go to the page and look for it. <clears throat> and then they might see other things that are there. Um, I'm definitely that way with news. You know, I go to the Mashable page. I go to BuzzFeed, all of those various pages several times to see what I missed. Um, you know, and, and I don't, you know, I don't often share, don't always, you know, comment or anything like that, but I check it out to see what I missed. Me too. Me too. Social media man, uh, examiner, social media today. Right. I love all of those. Just amazing. Well, and you want to be, <coughs> excuse me, providing that content that makes people want more. Um, you know, there have been times where when I didn't post for a while, people were like, are you okay? We, we've missed your posts. And that's so it's, it's. Well, and the funny thing is there are people I didn't even know were actually reading them. So they were the lurkers. <coughs> you know, and we all have the lurkers. So, you know, just because they're not commenting doesn't mean they don't see it. Oh, yeah. We have more lurkers than we do have interactive uh, uh, visitors in, to almost everything that we do. So, you know, if you if you plan for the lurker, the other people are going to be even more thrilled. Because the lurkers are going to keep coming back if there's something to lurk. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> right. Sorry, I have a frog in my throat. It's okay. It's allergies in Atlanta in the oh, springtime. <laughs> you know, and sleep. Uh, it sounded like we went off the air, so I was thinking, "Oh my gosh!" Yes. Oh no, we're here. We're here. I just, you know, coughing up a lung. Just over keep here. coughing. <laughs> anyway. 
Well, let's let's talk about something that is kind of similar in, you know, forming these relationships, but it's something that I'm very interested in hearing more about, and that's the mastermind group. What is a mastermind group and why is it so important? Oh, my goodness. I, a mastermind group is when I want to say three or more people get together to um, to share ideas and resources and get feedback from other people. Now, you can actually have a mastermind group of two people, but in my opinion, that's not really a group because I think a group is made up of three or more people. Right. So ideally, uh, it has to be, and the reason is because if you just had two people in the group and you both had the same outcome, you're not really getting anywhere. Um, but when you have three, you can have you can have what I call an agitator, <laughs> someone who maybe doesn't agree with everything, but they're going to see a different viewpoint. You really need that. So a mastermind group is kind of like your own private board of directors. It's a group of people who can take a look at your problems and you theirs and see those problems and challenges and opportunities in a different way than you might see them yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and and you, uh, for instance, I've been in now 13 masterminds. Um, wow. I've been doing one with Christina Rowan, a virtual business mastery mastermind. Um, and we have a private Facebook group. And we just love that group because um, it, it's a very diverse group. It's not a group of specific industry, uh, industry specific individuals. Whereas the author mastermind is all people who are writing a book or at different mm -hmm. stages of writing a book. Uh, if we get big enough and I get enough people involved, I'm going to uh, make it into different stages. For instance, the people who are just writing are still writing their book as opposed to the people who are now promoting their book. Um, although they need to know both, I think you're at a different level. And so you, I mean, the, the people who are, have already published their book are helping the other people a little bit more, along, right. you know, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so a mastermind group, I, I have, I published two books because of a mastermind group. I was in a group called ham, which stood for high achievers mastermind. And it was four guys and myself. And these four guys and I, we all were writing books. We were all in the public speaking, um, circuit and and doing all these we were all from the florida speakers association we wanted to get together and create our own mastermind and just help each other with our business one happened to be at the time a web uh, a web programmer i wasn't doing web design or anything like that at the time i was mainly speaking about leadership and networking so he helped me get my websites looking phenomenal and telling me the kind of things that we needed him and the other people and then um, I wrote a lot so I could help them with my writing tips. And it just became this synergistic group of people that were just out for each other instead of out for mm -hmm. themselves. And I, and I think for it to work, you have – and then also the other thing about a mastermind that you it's hard to get anywhere else is accountability. If you have a business right. coach, you should have accountability. But if you're not working with a coach, a mastermind could be the next best thing because people in the group will hold you accountable. If you say to me, I'm going to have a 20-minute video on this subject done by our next meeting, I better have that done because if I'm not, they're going to hold my feet to the fire and say, okay, Heidi, why, were, why wasn't it done? Now, of course, stuff happens. So that's, that's right. trying to scare people. But it's a way we often, oftentimes find excuses for things that we don't want to do, even though they're things we need to do. So having people to help us finish those things that we really need to finish in our business instead of keep putting them off for tomorrow because we don't know what we're doing or we're scared or we're, you know, just not interested in it. It, it really helps. Uh, one of our group members is 
Um, English is her second language. She's written a, a book on, on dieting and, and just it, amazing, amazing, really smart woman. By being in this mastermind, she's come out of a shell that she was currently in because she felt um, she was, she's kind of, um, now I would, she's shy in part mm -hmm. because of her, her language barrier, not because she's not smart. You know, she's by any means, she's smarter than most of the people in the group, mm -hmm. um, very successful businesswoman. So, you know, you just never know who's going to show up in these groups and, and, you, and the kind of opportunities that you can have. And I mean, I could go on and on about a mastermind. Deb, you need to tell me when to stop. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the things that has always struck me about a mastermind is that there is a level of trust there that you don't find anywhere else. Um, and, and that's partially because you might be sharing something that you don't want the whole world to know. And so you have to know that, say, say you've got a, a, you know, a problem with an employee. You have to know that they're not going to share that. <clears throat> you know, and, and so that's one of the things that I think people <clears throat> need to know the difference. It's not a networking group. No, but it is a, it is more it's like you said, uh, kind of a, a board of directors, uh, you know, something along the lines where, you know, you know what you say stays in that place. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yep. 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 You know, and, and it's interesting because I've, I've been, I'm in a group that we kind of tried to make mastermind and it didn't work out. And it was because, well, first of all, we, you know, we just didn't sit down and say, this is, this is what we're doing. <clears throat> but part of it was some people didn't have the commitment. Some people did. There was a little bit of a trust factor going on, all sorts of things. And, you know, so it's, it's gone back into being just a great networking group and that's fabulous, but you know, it's, it is tricky sometimes to get that mix, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, and it does. Sometimes you'll, you'll have people fall out who don't feel comfortable with the group for whatever mm -hmm. reason. Um, but you know, what we do with our groups, because they are virtual is that we one of the first thing we tell them is that, you know, this is that the first thing you have to understand is this is a group that's all about confidentiality. We right, actually right. have a confidentiality agreement. We ask all of our participants to sign. Um, we've never had anybody say they wouldn't sign it, but we have had people who have left because they didn't want to share certain information. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Maybe they didn't feel comfortable, whatever it happens to be, but they ended up going and becoming coaching clients of either mine or my partners um, because they just felt more comfortable working the one-on-one -on -one than sharing with a lot of people that, you know, I think it's, it's also a matter of personality too. Right, Not right. everybody feels comfortable sharing in a group setting, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, their most important secrets of their business. Um, but you know, if you think about it, the, this, this idea goes back as they've documented thousands of years, but the first real, um, the first person that really kind of brought it to the forefront uh, was Earl Nightingale because he said, you know, this is, I, I, he was in a mastermind and he became, um, you know, just so much more successful because of it. And he had people like, um, uh, people like Henry Ford, Ford wasn't in it, but people like that, the same mm -hmm. caliber of people in his original mastermind. I'm trying to remember some of the people that were in it, but they were all, you know, high level, um, right. important people. And, um, so they had, they had a sense of trust. You know, mm -hmm. um, you don't want to be in a mastermind if you're all in the same industry, unless you're in the same industry serving a, di a different um, geographic area. I was in a mastermind online for the floral industry. I don't know if you know this because it's not in my bio, but I have had a retail florist for 33 years. And so I was in the very first online mastermind 
it was a phone a teleconference type mastermind for the floral industry. And we there was um, eight of us all together. And uh, because we served a different geographic area in the United States, it worked very well. Right. You know, but the problem with those things is they they a lot of them tend to die out after they fulfilled the needs of certain people. Like so if a person gets what they want out of it, then they're gone. You know, mm-hmm. or if they're not growing anymore, or if the, you know, like you said, you, your group turned into kind of a networking group. But the, the thing is, even though it's not really a networking, the mastermind isn't, it's amazing how many people will refer each other to the right. group because they've gotten to know the person. They really trust the person who mm-hmm. shared their deepest business secrets with them and sometimes even personal things. And so they feel a sense of trust that they could trust this person with you know, their customers, you know, and so I found that that's been a really huge um, ancillary benefit, even though it's not something we advertise that you're going to receive from it, because there is no guarantee you're going to get any referrals, but it always happens. Well, and I could see where mastermind groups would be especially valuable for a one person business, you know, the solopreneurs who are sitting in their spare bedroom behind their computer and they're very isolated and you know, they're not out meeting other people and they're thinking, but I need help, you know? And and so whether it's an online or an in-person type of, of meeting, it really is something that I think, you know, many business people should explore. Absolutely. I would say, you know, if you can't find a, find one or create one of your own, you know, there's tons of them now. Uh, It seems to be, all the rage again. And for years it was, I was, I, like I said, I, at one time I was in three at the same time and one was for speaking, one was for writing and one was for the floral business. And it was a part, a part of a juggle, but I learned something from each one of them. And I was able to accomplish so much by being in those groups because I knew if I opened my mouth and said I was going to do something, I better well do it. Right. You know, you know, and, and that is the thing is there is that accountability. Mm-hmm. And so many times we don't have that where, you know, maybe you've told your employees, you've told your subcontractors, your spouse, your whoever, I'm going to do X. And they're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but in the, in the mastermind, there is that different level of accountability. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. Because people do hold you accountable as they should. That's part of their job being mm-hmm. in the group is that to make sure that, you know, each of us accomplishes something. Otherwise you're, you're just, you're wasting your time. And if you're spending money, our groups are not free. One of them is um, $47 a month and one of them is 37, but they're a lot less expensive than a lot of those online. And Mm -hmm. maybe by the time people uh, listen to this, they will even be more expensive because the fact is that when you look at some of these online ones that are being uh, hosted by some of the biggest names, um, for instance, in internet marketing, a lot of them are charging anywhere from 97 to 197 a month. And I'm not even talking about those that spend a week together on some exotic island spending $10,000 masterminding, which I think is wonderful and something that everybody should do at least once if they're with the right people and it's for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's not just, Hey, I get to go see Richard Branson or, you know, whatever it's, it's to go and really learn from it. And, you know, and, and I like the, the idea of there is a fee to it because it, you know, the, even if it's, you know, something that's fairly minimal, it's, it puts you in a different mindset. You know, you're not going to miss it because you paid for it. <clears throat> you know, we've all seen that happen with events. 
a free event, it's pretty easy to go, oh, I'm busy. I'm not going to go. Even if you just paid $5, it's like, well, I paid $5. I better go. Oh, absolutely. It's a totally different mindset. And which is, mm-hmm. the other thing is by, by going, doing one that is, that you pay for is you don't need to deal with the, the administrivia of it. Mm-hmm. You pay that person that you're paying to run it, right. to do all of that. And you're just showing up, sharing your challenges, doing your homework and do repeat that over and over again. So it becomes an almost, uh, we have people in our group that have been there so long that it's like they they wouldn't know how to miss it because they, it's part of their DNA. They know they wake mm-hmm. up and at Tuesday at noon, they're going to be at the mastermind, you know. Well, and it's just a set part of their schedule. Exactly. You know, that's that's the other problem that we see happening with people. And it doesn't matter what it is, you know, but if it's something that occurs on a regular basis, if you don't have it in your schedule, Something happens during that time frame. You know, somebody else books a meeting, you forget, you know, all of these various things. So it needs to be just a permanent part of that schedule. And whether it's that, you know, maybe it is an online one. So, you know, you know that on Tuesday evening between 6 and 6.30, this is what you're doing. Uh, you know, or, or it is. It's a lunch on Wednesday. You know, whatever it is, it just needs to really be part of your business routine. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> Well, and, you know, that's that kind of it comes back to what we were saying before with social media. If you schedule it and you know that every day at 10 and at 3, you are going to do a post, you get into that habit. And I think it was, you know, I'm, I'm probably showing my age here on this one. I believe it was Mary Kay Ash, you know, of Mary Kay Cosmetics, who said, if you do, <clears throat> if you do something 21 days in a row, it becomes a habit. And of course, she was talking about, you know, using Mary Kay products. But there is something to that philosophy of, you know, if you do it every other day or every once in a while, eh, you know, that that doesn't work. But if you have at, at least, you know, in your mind, I have to do it every day. What's more important is if you say I have to do it X time every day, then it really does become that habit. And you 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 miss it when you miss it, um, you know, and, and so it is very important to get it into your schedule. It's like building a muscle. You can't yes. exercise once a week or, or for a, like a minute every other week and expect to build any muscle. You have to be consistent and show up, you know. So absolutely, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. you're, uh, you, you're, when they make it a habit and do it for 21 days, it does become a habit. Right. You, you forget when you weren't doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because it is, it's that habit. It's, you know, there's, there's a reason that we all brush our teeth first thing in the morning and before we go to bed, it's just habit. And when you skip it for whatever reason, you know, later on you think, wait a minute, I didn't brush my teeth. So it's, you know, wait a minute, I didn't attend my mastermind or I didn't do my social media post. I need to do that now. Mm-hmm. Sure. Great. Well, we've got just a couple minutes left. So, you know, what's a, a great nugget that if somebody comes up to you and says, Heidi, I'm just not at all sure about using social media. What do you tell them? Well, you know, I tell people today, and this is a, and it's actually something that I, I actually wrote years ago on Twitter and it became kind of a viral thing was social media is like, uh, not being on social media is like having an unlisted phone number today. Because right, if you right. don't, have if if you're not there and people and let's say it this the the fact is people are looking for you there Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. almost everybody is looking for almost everybody on some social media site whether it's linkedin facebook twitter whatever 
their their favorite is. So I I tell people to have a presence on uh, at least the top three, top four, because Google Plus should definitely be in there because Google owns it, and we know right. all about Google. Uh, and then try to and and if you can find a way to to post at least once a week, at least you're keeping content up there, and it's not content that you posted a year ago because then people know you've never been on there. So mm -hmm. if you're not going to be consistent in posting at least once a week don't do it um, but it it isn't that hard I think most people could give up one thing that they do that takes them 10 minutes to do social media right. you know so it, and it is again it isn't that difficult and spend money that that's the, the bottom line is people um, think because it's free it should all be free but you want to make sure that it's branded, it looks good, and it and it um, portrays you as a professional. You know, um, find tools that make your life easier that are shortcuts to using this. So yes, I would say you must be on social media. Right. <clears throat> you know, and and it is you know it, it there are very few businesses that it's not appropriate for. Now there you know there there may be some where it's not really appropriate, but. That's not to say that their senior executives shouldn't be on LinkedIn or, you know, all of those things. So there's, I think every business, there should be some type of presence on social media. Absolutely. You know, I had a, a mortuary one time that said, well, what do we do? And, and I said, well, you're very involved in the community. It actually had a community room where nonprofits could use it. I said, that's something great you can talk about. And I said, now you're not going to talk about your casket of the day, you know, or even what your services are, because that gets just a little weird. But you can talk about, you know, your, your, your CEO is president of the chamber. You know, all of those various things, there were plenty of things that they found that they could talk about. Yeah, highlighting their, uh, their, uh, their employees. Right. Talk about the service that they give. Um, mm -hmm. without talking about the service itself. Right, yeah. right. You know, yeah, because they can, or maybe they give customer service tips just in general. You know, there's, there's, you know, it comes back to there are hundreds of things you can post once you really start thinking about it. Oh, I, oh yeah, I agree. Great. Well, Heidi, holy cow, we've just scratched the surface, so we'll do this again. Um, and, but... Right now, tell people how they find you and connect with you online. Oh, sure. Well, uh, you can just uh, go to any social media site, and I'm either going to be Heidi Richards or Heidi Richards Mooney, um, because uh, I think on Facebook I'm Heidi Richards Mooney, and on LinkedIn I'm Heidi Richards Mooney, and on Twitter I'm Heidi Richards. So you can find me on all of those, Google+, Plus, same thing. Uh, go to my website, Redhead Marketing Inc., Dot com and right there on the right hand side are all the links to all my social media and that's the easiest way um, feel free to drop me an email Heidi at redheadmarketinginc.com I love emails I love when people reach out and say hi I heard you on this show and I'm and I'm very good at uh, getting uh, I'm, I'm good at responding to the emails I'm not always good at getting them <laughs> with the spam filters today uh, I am. Um, please reach out I'd love to hear from uh, the listeners and let's start it. Let's have a conversation. I'll, ha I'll be happy to promote you. If you're, if you're on, uh, in my, um, uh, in my radar, I'm going to promote the heck out of you. <laughs> great. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm Deb Creer. I've been having a great time talking with Heidi Richards Mooney. If you're trying to find me online, it's pretty easy. It's just debcreer.com. And until next week, everyone have a great day. 
Thanks for listening to Deb Career, your social media friend. Tune in next time to listen to more great tips, techniques, and trends for using social media. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.